This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. I think for the strategy teams is seize this opportunity. You now have an opportunity to connect with consumers in the way they want to connect and be able to provide them options. Hello and welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Durin. Today, I have my colleague, Mark Larson, with me to talk about some of the great consumer insights we're getting through the work that he leads in our consumer insight studies. This one in particular is very recent, and so it's going to take some of the specific learnings that we've had about healthcare consumers and how their expectations, preferences have changed throughout the last 18 months or so of the pandemic. We know every industry is experiencing a change in consumer expectations and how consumers interact with their products. Healthcare has some unique differences and similarities. So we're going to dig into that data and share some of what we feel like are the key insights. Mark, what were some of kind of the big takeaways that you zeroed in on? Some of the themes that you were trying to tease out from consumers through this research? The big thing was we were just trying to understand, did they change? And then how rapid was it? How much have they really accelerated what their expectations are during this period? There were really five main takeaways from the study that we learned. First of all, the demand for safe or virtual alternatives accelerated. Not a big surprise. We're doing this podcast virtually, but healthcare moved in the same direction. The only reality about it was, in many cases, there was no other options during the pandemic. So consumers got a feel for it. We have some great numbers around the utilization of virtual, and 45% of consumers over the last two years used virtual visits big thrust forward there and new expectations that we've learned about that. Uh, the second thing is, is really increased trust. I've heard kind of both sides of this, that there was so much noise about the pandemic coming from healthcare leaders. They weren't always sure what the message was. But at the local level and with the consumer, there was an increased trust in clinicians. And that really provides an opportunity for health system leaders to really build upon what happens in the clinics, how we deliver care, how we accelerate and redesign care to really grow our business and differentiate ourselves in the market. The third thing was the shift to ambulatory sites. And Trevor, I know you do a lot of work in this area as well. And the shift was happening before the pandemic. What we really wanted to understand was how much did the consumer's attitudes change? One of the takeaways was that ambulatory shift might actually be ahead of the consumers and where they're at. What we learned is they're more interested in some basic things like, is that physician in my contract? Can I afford the out-of-pocket? Things that are more basic, more financial, as they've hunkered down in home and been challenged with the pandemic. Fourth, desire for care at home. No big surprise there. And we've done a number of presentations at SG2 on that topic. It's probably one of the hottest topics of last year. Care at home was accelerated due to the pandemic. Hospitals tried to figure out how to free up beds. And that was one of the great opportunities the pandemic presented. And we're getting a lot of interest in moving forward with that. And consumers, they love care at home, those that have experienced it. And then the fifth thing is really a spotlight on equity and access. Healthcare equity is a very hot topic right now from the boards and leadership. What we want to do is find out where were consumers, how do they feel their access to affordable healthcare, what that really looks like in their shoes, and where is access a challenge? Those were the main things. I think consumers jumped ahead in where they were before the pandemic to where they are now. And we think there's a tremendous opportunity for health systems to catch up. Mark, all great insights. We'll dig into each of them in that order. The first one's virtual. 
some of the conclusions and some of the insights that we can draw around consumers are sending us a crystal clear message about what they like about virtual care, their preferences and the specific ways and the specific providers they want to use virtual tools to interact with. I think it lays down some really clear to-dos and some really clear insights, not just data. We inundate our members and we're inundated with data all the time. I think there's some great insights here, particularly almost half of consumers have experienced virtual now. We've been hearing for a while that consumers like virtual. We always had to take it with a grain of salt because only two or three percent had ever experienced virtual care. Now, most of the market has tried it. And I think we can put a little more credence behind what they say. When we asked where consumers wanted to go for low acuity needs, every other site of care between your last survey in 2019 and this one, less consumers wanted to go to all the in-person sites. The only one that grew is more consumers wanted to use virtual for low acuity needs. Some of those insights are so crystal clear. They had a positive experience in most cases. Many now say they prefer virtual to in-person. It's more convenient. Everyone's working taking that extra, even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes away to drive there, they're winning on convenience in many cases. The most important insight from all this is that most consumers who use virtual visits went to see a provider they already know and had a relationship with. And that's what they like going forward. It isn't this super fragmented market of all these new entrants and payer options and through employer sponsored benefits. It's mostly consumers and patients using virtual tools to connect to providers they already know and trust. Putting those pieces together creates a pretty clear impetus for what health systems can do with this and how they can redefine their low acuity care to meet consumers' needs. Mark, what do you think strategy teams can do with this data? The key takeaway is everybody thought of that as a service. And the reality is, and we learned this during the pandemic, it is a tool to help elevate all of our services, to make new access channels, to create more stickiness with our consumers. 79% of those virtual visits were with a consumer's primary care physician or specialist. That relationship comes through again. This is not consumers going off with a physician that they don't know, transactional. We know that's going to be part of the market. Our survey says it's going to be roughly 10% of the consumers that desire that. But at the end of the day, the opportunity is to really integrate seamlessly virtual visits in our primary care and specialty clinics as appropriate. And virtual visits, we know, works better in some places like behavioral health, primary care, some areas like orthopedics, for obvious reasons. There are times where it can work, but it doesn't work for anyone. I think for the strategy teams is seize this opportunity. You now have an opportunity to connect with consumers in the way they want to connect and be able to provide them options. And it does require your physician leaders to get on board because they're going to have to determine for each of their specialties what is appropriate for virtual and for that diagnosis. Pretty cool things going on out there. And we're hearing similar stories of how leading health systems are really trying to integrate that. Seize the opportunity. You have an opportunity to grow your business. And more importantly, consumers really like not having to always travel to your clinic. So the opportunities on both sides. Clear finding there around virtual and low acuity, but some pretty different patterns as we go kind of across the system of care from a health system perspective. We know shifts are happening, but that may not match consumers' expectations. What did we find across other sites around some kind of shifting consumer expectations? The thing that we found about elective procedures was that it's really about access to the right provider, making sure it's covered in their insurance plan and their out-of-pocket expenses. Up front, we always think brick and mortar, but let's think about contracting. Let's think about what the cost is out-of-pocket and understand our contracts better. So big, big opportunity there. 
the other part is we really had a lot of our clients barraging us with this question of, well, how far will consumers travel for care? I think that's another key learning that, especially for primary care, consumers are willing to travel further than we thought. It just goes back to if you can help them find the provider that's right for them, that's first and foremost, and they will be willing to travel. For higher acuity services like specialty services, outpatient surgery, and even higher acuity like cancer, they're willing to travel further. Think about your footprint as strategic leaders. We may not have to have all these little independent boxes out there bringing things together, but also taking into consideration how far consumers are willing to travel and really important learnings around that. Trevor, I know you cover the rural aspects. No big surprise to you, right, that rural consumers willing to travel a little bit further than those in some of the metro areas. Whenever you do these analyses, I like to slice the results by rural and non to see what patterns pop. My biggest learning after doing this for a couple of years is there's not as big of differences as I expected. In many cases, rural consumers have very similar expectations to other consumers for their health systems across the board. They expect to travel a little bit further for primary care. Similarly, though, because they're used to traveling further, rural consumers liked virtual more, preferred it over in-person more than all other consumers. Those two totally make sense. Absolutely. The other thing I think that we learned in the ambulatory area was around the emergency department. Many of our health systems out there are still really trying to recover their ED volumes or those that have recovered are seeing more higher acuity ED volume. The survey results came back to us in September this year and 25,000 consumers, so a big group of consumers here, we asked them what percentage really used emergency department for a minor illness. What they answered was 15%. This is prior to COVID-19, okay? So before the pandemic even happened, if we can even remember back that far now. But then we asked those same folks who went to the ED before COVID, where are you gonna go in the future? And it was kind of interesting, 38% of them, almost 40% said, yeah, I'm going back to the emergency department. I like the ED, it's close, it's convenient for me. The interesting thing was that 50% of consumers said, no, I am now gonna to go to an urgent or retail care provider. I'm no longer gonna to go to the emergency department for low acuity care. And 12% said they were gonna virtual urgent care. So interesting findings there. And obviously as you would expect, those who are gonna to return to the ED, those that are most likely were the Medicaid and uninsured. The takeaway here is make sure you segment your emergency department population, but also really think about access. Access is a challenge out there in the marketplace and how you can meet that access need for consumers. There's a lot of variety of options that are out there today. I'll wrap it up with care at home options. And we've presented and had a lot of discussions with health systems on this topic. The key takeaway with care at home is there's a lot of different care at home options. There's acute care at home, there's home infusions, emergency department, urgent care at home, sniff at home. All these are being evolved. People are talking about this portfolio of strategies they can execute on depending on the needs of their market and their payer contracts. From a consumer perspective, we were overwhelmed by the level of satisfaction of these services. And acute care at home, 61% of consumers, when asked them would they prefer to receive care in hospital level care at home versus in the hospital, said they would. We know most of these folks haven't had experience to that yet. And we're showing this in our system of care curve. That shift of care to home, 
no kidding around. Things are moving in that direction. I think the question for health systems is strategically, does it make sense? Is it aligned with the goals of our organization? And logistically, can we really make it happen? Because there's a lot of parts and pieces to delivering care in the home environment. One of the things that we looked at in this survey was around access to care. The whole idea is that there's a lot of things health systems are contemplating today on health equity and social determinants of health. What is that right first step for our health system? Some of the findings kind of surprised us, and we'd love to hear a little bit more on where does it fit and where is access really a challenge in the marketplace? This is one of my favorite conclusions. You have to put a few of the pieces together to think about how you take our philosophy around access and apply it to a health equity lens, which I think every health system in the country is getting challenged to do at varying degrees. If consumers are saying, yeah, the convenience, maybe patterns are shifting a little away from the ED to more urgent and virtual options on higher acuity care. It's less about location. It's more about provider. That's all kind of reframing a little bit the access equation. But when we asked what some of the biggest access challenges were, what we heard was a lot of things that in many cases we would traditionally put in like a social determinants of health bucket, transportation, education, trust, broadband access. When we think about problems at that social determinant scale, it's hard to wrap your head around how a health system could own solving those problems. The lens that systems are using to do that is health equity, which is really saying, well, how are we going to understand and zero in on equity of outcomes? And social determinants are a component of that. And so when you think about access strategy through that lens now, it's no longer we have boxes in all the right spots in our markets. We have a big footprint with a lot of buildings. We need discrete solutions to solve access challenges for different segments of our population. And when we think about what strategy and planning's role can be in health equity work, what we've learned working with our members is your strategy teams aren't leading that effort, planning teams aren't leading that effort, I think there's an awesome opportunity, a huge role that they can play, bringing kind of their data and analytics and the work we've done in consumerism, consumer segmentation to that health equity work to say, how can we get really precise and bring in elements like gender, ethnicity, et cetera, beyond just payer mix with an access strategy and an access solution. So I think it's kind of a call to charge for strategy and planning teams that, oh, this is a way we can get involved And Health equity just needs to be a lens that we use. It's not a new competency that we're going to build. It's using our existing competencies to think about planning and growth strategy in a new way. So I think it's actually really exciting and pushing strategy teams to incorporate that more. Mark, why don't you wrap up? Like, There's been a lot of pieces here. What were some of the findings that were maybe most surprising to you that you think are kind of the key one or two insights that when you've talked to members, they've really latched onto from the study? What are the takeaways that you think people are going to zero in on the most? First of all, the virtual integration into our clinics. It's not a separate offering. It should be part of our service that we offer. I think folks are really taking that to heart and figuring out how they're going to work forward with it. And it's going to create opportunities for clinics. I think there's going to have opportunity to actually expand that channel. The second thing is care at home and that consumers like it as well. If consumers like it, there's even more and bigger reasons to investigate some of those options. Again, not for everybody, not for every health system, but for the right health system, there's certain opportunities to grow and and strengthen that relationship with the consumer. And then the whole health equity and access 
there's the data side of this and understanding where their folks are having access challenges. And we have some pretty robust, rich data by site of care. It's just really intriguing. That's the first step. And we're doing a lot of work at SG2 and Vizient on health equity. I think the second piece is, boy, we got to understand the different populations we serve because they have challenges that aren't just about going to a clinic. They have challenges about even how they perceive they should receive care. Some of the cultural elements to that, that we need to be able to solve for and come up with opportunities to better serve our populations and really get the right care to them at the right time. There's some interesting stuff. This was a fun survey. I learned quite a bit from this and I think our clients have as well. I agree. Great job. Great insights to help our members triangulate and think about how now, hopefully in fall 2021, they can start to kind of refocus on growth strategies. And I think this is going to help them meet consumers where they are. Thanks for the great work in this area. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate and review us and or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at SG2 Healthcare. And if you want to talk more about innovative healthcare strategies, you can always email me at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Finally, SG2 is a Vizient company, and there are a bunch of Vizient podcasts that you might like. You can find them at Vizient backslash podcasts. Have a great day.